Gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. The fourth, and I'll read verses two to four. The first epistle of Paul the Apostle to the church in Corinth, chapter four. And I read verses 2 to 4. I read from the New Living Translation. You can leave the Old King James Version. That's fine for comparison so that you are sure I'm reading the Bible. Now, a person who is put in church as a manager must be faithful. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove I'm right. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. Wow. So I'll talk to you today on the topic titled, Freedom from Human Opinion. Freedom from Human Opinion. Hallelujah. A person that is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. And so, the mere fact that I'm saying I can't be judged by you, I won't even judge myself, I'm depending on God, does not mean I'm trying to be unaccountable. That's what the apostle was saying. He said, but irrespective, I will not allow my life to be guided or dictated by your opinion. And you will not, and you should not, allow your life or guided or, or, or my, or to be directed or guided by my opinion. The only infallible opinion is the opinion that the Holy Spirit gives unto us and tells us that the man said, I can't even decide for myself whether I'm right or wrong. He said, my conscience is clear, but that doesn't even prove I'm right. Some people go around and say, you know, my conscience is clear. Yeah, thank God for your conscience, but that is not the proof that you are right. You need to hear what God is saying on the matter. I make a few points here, and hopefully we will pray, or definitely we will pray, but hopefully we will spend a long time in prayer. I dare say to you this morning to the afternoon that the stronger prison a person can be in is not the Belmarsh prison. You know the Bear Marsh prison in the UK? It's the maximum security prison. It's the most secure prison where they put the hardened offenders. Peterhead used to be that kind of prison in Scotland. It's not the Alcatraz in the US. You've heard of that before. And it's not the Kirikiri. Those of you that you are aware of a prison called that for local content. It is the inner limitation that a person carries around. And these limitations come by words. Your word and my word. We do everything we can to avoid going to prison. And we won't go to prison in Jesus' name. But believe you me, there are many prisons that many are carrying around. That they look free, but they are bound. But this prison, they come through the words that we are spoken or the words that have been spoken to our lives. Let me tell you something, folks. Apart from the wrath of God, there is nothing I fear like the words of men. 
He could cut and can cut deep. If you live long enough, you will agree with me. Words can hit harder than sticks. You know, children, because they, they came up with something very nice and uh, very catchy, uh, but we know it's, it's, it's a futile effort to stop the effect of words on them. You've heard this said before. Sticks and stones may break my word, my bones. You heard of that before? But words will not hurt me. You've heard of that before? Oh, it's not true. It's not true. It's a poor attempt at mitigating against the effect of words. You know, little children on the playground, oh, stick and, because they've just said something bad today. They say, stick and, bo- uh, stick and uh, stones can break my bow, but words, they are hurting already. The reason should be sticks and stones may break my, may my bone, but words, we what? Can break my heart. You can put a rider out of If words breaks my heart, how will I stand? You know people die of broken hearts? You heard of that before? They literally, they said their hearts are broken. I don't know how it happens. It's not that they will have a heart attack or whatever, but I don't know. They just said they died of broken hearts. But today, any and every word that is sent and targeted against you and I to break our hearts, the Lord shall detoxificate us today. Because at the end, I call one section spiritual detoxification. You carry so many toxins in your system, but the toxin will come out today. Amen. And you will be able to move forward in the name of Jesus. The context in which Paul the Apostle was writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 that we read was the context in which the church in Corinth were saying all sorts of bad things about this man. They said it so much that the man had to reply to them and say, I've had enough of you guys. Whatever you are saying, I will not be broken by your words. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, he repeated back unto them what some of them were saying. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, he said, For his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Can you imagine somebody saying that to you? He said, you can only hide behind letters. They were not talking to their subordinate. They were talking to the apostle, the man that started the church. Human beings, very cutting with their words. Very destructive. And if you don't learn how to safeguard your own heart, there are more than enough people to break the heart. And it's your own duty to say, no, you will not break my heart. You will not cause me, you know, pains that are difficult to overcome. The gospel version puts the same, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, it says, he says, I know that someone is saying that my letters are powerful and strong, but I'm a weakling and a terrible speaker. Come on. Come on, human beings. You thought that all these taunting stopped at the playground when we were kindergartens. We thought they stopped when we were teenagers and we are having the BFMs of, is it not BF, what? BFLs of this world. That because you are not my BFL, you know, I just snitch behind you. I do things. We thought it stopped then. It didn't stop. Human beings, they remain human beings. Full of bile and, and, and venom. And please don't start hating the human beings sitting next to you. 
That one is born again. <laughs> and God is working on that one. Hallelujah. But that's who we are. And those are the capacity, capacities that we have to do wrong. But God is able to deliver us. Have you ever lost sleep because of what somebody said? Have you ever pondered and pondered over it after a day's war? You went back up and said, why did he say that? Especially if one is at the very low point in one's life. I used to tell people before, ah, come on, is it not ordinary? Well, I don't say it anymore. Why are you keeping it to heart? And the reason why it is hard like that is that because human beings, they have different kinds of spirit. And we did one Wednesday meeting like that. There are some people we call that they have a very strong spirit. Even if they tell you no like this, no is like dagger. They are just naturally strong spirits. Someone, if they get converted, they will be very useful for God. Because they will bring conviction. Some, they got very weak spirits. Whatever they say doesn't hit you. But some, you've worked with some of them before. It's not because they are specially cantankerous. It's not because they are worse. They just got a very strong spirit. If that spirit happens to be a bad spirit, oh my, oh my. Oh my, oh my. But we are here today that the Lord will set us free. This month of freedom, we'll be free from every human venom. We'll be free from them. You know, venoms just come to me now. There are two ways venoms work. The commonest two ways, if I remember very clearly, there might be more. There are those that work by paralyzing the nerves. And there are those that, there are those that work by making the person bleed to death. Am I right? Any other additional one? You guys in the house, any additional? There might be one or two. Which other ones again? So those are the primary ways. Huh? So either they are neurotoxic, that is, they poison the nerve. Or they can cause or hemolysis. It has to do with blood. Either they can cause clotting or the person just keep bleeding everywhere in the body. And those are exactly the things that the venom of human words do. Sometimes you hear a word, you become paralyzed. So paralyzed that the person can't take any step anymore. Sometimes it is energy that is flowing away out of the person. You know that it's, it's not an instant paralysis. It's just trickle, trickle, trickle. And the person gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Today, there will be freedom. Even if you are not aware that you have been been poisoned, today, God will detoxicate you. And we shall all walk free. Having said all this, I believe a wise person must learn to recognize how lethal human words can be and learn to deal with this, what I call nuclear weapon. It could be terrible. There was an experiment that was done at a time, in time past. Has anybody heard of the flea experiment before? The flea experiment. They took a, a beaker. A beaker is uh, like a glass cup. Just call it a glass cup. For those that uh, did chemistry, you still remember what's called a beaker? Is that a beaker we call it? All right, okay. Do we have teachers in the house? I know it's a very broad spectrum I have in this place. Teachers? Any teacher? Oh, yeah, we have a teacher there. So, you teach biology, am I right? Okay. You do dissections? Frogs and... It's only rats. Cats. You only... Ah, right, okay. Hallelujah. Wonder what is going on in the mind of pastor. 
So they did an experiment and they put a flea inside the transparent uh, beaker. So you know, flea when you put them in a in in a in a bottle or in a glass or let's let's call it beaker. Is that okay? All right. So put it in a beaker. For those of you that don't like science, you will like it by force. Thank you, <laughs> Dav, for the centripetal and the centrifugal force. <laughs> say thank you for not forgetting. That's the way we say it. <laughs> So what happens is that because fleas, they like to jump. So when you put the, the flea inside the beaker, it will continue to jump. You continue to jump, try to come out. Huh? But you then put, they would now put like a cardboard on top. I should have brought a glass cup and showed it. You, can, you, can you picture what I was talking about? You give me that glass cup there. And somebody please give me a flea as well. Don't have bad mind and start thinking the way you are thinking. <laughs> Hallelujah. So right inside here, you have the flea. Mm, and it's jumping up, jumping up, jumping up, trying to come out. Now if you leave the flea, keep trying. After a time, the flea will come out. Because it will try to come out on the second go out. We try to come on the second go out. But So what it wants to do is that, well, look, let me try up and keep trying. So what they do is they then put the lid there. So it will jump up and it hits that lid uh, and it hits that uh, cardboard. Um, if it jumps a second time, it will hit. By the third or fourth time, it will not, never jump as high as to hit this anymore. It will never. They find out that he now knows that it cannot jump more than maybe here or somewhere just about a, an inch before the lid. Then they took off the lid. And the flea still keep jumping. How far do you think the flea will jump? Eh? Exactly where it has been jumping. Though there's no more lead there, the damage has been done. It's been made to know that here there's a limitation and you don't jump up to the limitation. And I'm wondering how many of us carry this kind of limitations around. Thank you, sir. Wondering how many of us, because of what has been said in our childhood, we have not been able to jump as high as we should. Do we know that you are not the bright one? Do we know that you can't go all the way, but you will do something with your life anyhow? But the plan of God is to set us free. And set us free today in Jesus' name. Because of our time, very quickly, I give you three insights into human words and opinions. Things you need to know about human words and opinions. Number one, all human opinions expressed have consequences. All, they have consequences. Prepare yourself to respond to them accordingly. Never let any negative limiting words set in your heart. That means your antenna must be up there all the time. Must be up there, must be up there. And they will always start by telling you, you are okay anyway, but, and I've mentioned that to you anytime, when somebody tells something very nice and they put the but, just go for the door. Because what is usually coming can be very devastating. All human opinions expressed have consequences. Make sure you do not allow such to settle in your life. And such words are the ones I mentioned can come from people with strong spirit. There are words that can come from people in position of authority over you. Secular authority, spiritual authority. Don't put yourself in a situation in which someone will have to say things to you, especially if it is visceral, 
that may be negative. Do all within your power to live peaceably with all men. Don't get anybody to the point where you say, ah, why did you do this? Have I offended you? And you know you are in the wrong. If you are, make sure you make right with that person immediately. Can I hear your amen unto that one? Every, don't let anything go without you settling it. And David was a very astute man. You knew that very well. There was this story in 1 Samuel chapter 25 in which he sent his artsmen to go and meet another man somewhere down the road who was sharing his sheep. And as they used to do in those days, it is you rub my back, I rub yours. Moses did that to get a wife. Jacob did that to get a wife. You remember? So they saw you know, a flock and they tended the flock and rather than being paid, they got wonderful wives out of that. Those that are believing God for a wife, look for where they attend their sheep. <laughs> and fetch water for their sheep. But David also was in such a situation like that in 1 Samuel chapter 25. I'll read a few of the verses for you. In verse 8, hear what he said. And I want you to use that as, a, as an example of how to deal with words that are flying in the air. 1 Samuel chapter 25 verse 8. 5 to 13 is one in it, but I just pick one or two. He said, ask your young men. That was David that sent his messengers unto this man called Nabal. You remember him? And they will tell you, tell you all that I've said. Therefore, let, your, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we, are, we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son David. How low can David stoop? How low can he give? The boys are saying they are your servant. Even I myself am your son. I mean, in Israel and their culture, when you call yourself a son to somebody, it's an endearing word. Even it's still endearing in our time. When people call you daddy or, or mommy or whatever, or you call someone daddy or vice versa. And so David stooped so low. But this man replied with something. In verse 10, that was very shocking when I was studying that. The Nabal answered David's servant and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away, each one from his master. Let me turn this to a Bible study. What was Nabal saying? Any guess? He was talking about the relationship with Saul. And he knew immediately that this man will pose problem for me. Because there was another man in 1 Samuel chapter 21 called Doeg, the Edomite. The same thing repeated itself. When David ran to the family of Abiata, the lineage of Eli, the prophet, and he was there, and you know, he said, look, give me the shoe bread. You remember the story? Because his team and his band, they were hungry. And they gave him the shoe bread. He said, before I go, somebody got a sword here. I can't just be going around without a sword. I said, well, there's one sword that was old that, um, you know, somebody put there, and he gave him the sword. And immediately, the Bible mentioned that Andrew, the Edomite, was there and left it. Two chapters after that, we learned that this man, Doeg, went to Saul and said, ah, Saul, the man you are looking for, he was with Abiata." And he gave him the download of what that happened. Saul was angry. Really? And Saul decided to go and 
assassinate the whole of that family, kill them all. When David had, and Abiathar ran from there, the only survivor, he ran to David. When David died, David said something. He said, I knew on that day that Dweg, Dweg didn't say the word. He said, I knew on that day that Dweg was going to say or do what he did. How did he know? The same grace that David had to see problem afar and deal with them. May the Lord give you that grace. That's exactly what he was saying. That this neighbor that started saying, I'm running away from my master. This guy will tell Saul where I am and it's going to cause me a problem. Before it causes me a problem, I'm going to deal with him. How many times in the place of work, they say something to you and they say, just joking. And you say you laugh. Ha, 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 ha. How many times have they said, well, I said that, but does it actually affect you? It's other people. Not you. And the greatest this compliment anybody can give you is whatever group you belong, maybe Christian group or ethnic group or racial group, and say that particular group of people, they have this and this, but it's not you. Do you take that from anyone? Because it's a disguise to hit you. And you need to learn to be wise. Every utterance. I'm not asking you to be paranoid. I'm asking you to be wise. And there's a difference between both. We live in very dangerous and difficult times. And except the spirit of the Lord helps his people, I'm afraid the enemy, if we don't take time, may take advantage of us. You will not be taken advantage of. Number two, because of our time, What's the first one? All human opinions expressed have. Prepare yourself always to deal with them. One of the gifts you must ask for is the gift of discernment. When you're around people, you're able to say, from the way things are going, I, 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 it's okay, this person, but I, there's a limit to which I can trust. And that comes only when the Holy Spirit will help you. Number two, very quickly, because of our time, your capacity to deal with human opinion varies with the season of life you are in. And I mentioned that in passing before. Your capacity to deal with human opinion or words varies with the season of life you are in. Know your season. What you laughed off three months ago may be overwhelming today. Three months ago, your spirit was very strong. Whatever they say, it can't bother you. But if you are in the season of life in which you are very vulnerable, oh, go and ask Elijah, he will tell you. He said, Elijah, that killed 800 prophets of Baal. And one woman, just from, from her bedroom, just sent a word. Said, as you kill those ones, who will I do? The man was in the low season of his life. What did he do? He started running. The word pierced the heart of the man. Nobody is strong all the time. You agree with me? Nobody. And that's why let's be gentle with one another. Don't be. That was two weeks' message ago. That was judgment, isn't it? Last week we talked about freedom from yourself, isn't it? Uh, today we are talking about freedom from other people, essentially. Uh -huh. Know where you are. I think we alluded to that during the workers' meeting this morning when we were talking about 
you know, bravados, I'm strong. That's not what we're talking about. Don't, 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 when you are weak, if you're not, don't be vulnerable to me, but at least be vulnerable to God. And let God know. Let God say, Lord, today, the way I'm going, if you don't help me, the slightest trip like this, you will be on the floor. But help me. Do you talk to God like that? If you have not, start talking to God like that. You must know your season and you must be able to respond accordingly. For completion's sake, I can give you three main seasons that correspond with the seasons of our life. The morning season, you are lively, full of hope and energy. You are ready to go. The afternoon season, you are in a rush. The day is running out. You are impatient and you are likely to accept anything. Elijah was in the afternoon of his life. So he was already getting tired. He was already, you know, time is running out. And you can plug all these, you know, uh, 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 metaphors that we are using into real situations. There are moments of your life. You are really lively. Nobody anything says. You just brush it aside. Oh, did you say, I'm this? does not matter. You didn't even think about it. You got home. I shared with you one time a particular instance that happened. I went for a meeting. I probably shared the second or third time here. And then, I mean, we just had this roundtable meeting and everybody was talking. And I made my sincere contribution. And one of the persons on that group, in that group, decided to use my own comments as his own preaching point, as it were, for the next 15 minutes or so. And it was getting very uncomfortable. For those that were listening, he started by making it, you know, kind of side comment and innuendos. He then started hitting practically very hard. And as he was saying, I was just smiling. So they were thinking that I was so daft that I wasn't getting it. And so when he finished, I just, you know, complimented a few things he said, but they all knew that I was not daft. So when I got home, I just thought a little bit about what this man said. And I found, I said, why didn't this thing hurt me at all? I believe the Holy Spirit said that's what it means to be dead. I said, Lord, let me die like that every day. That is, it just, it just didn't, you know, when you are completely anesthetized. I mean, it was really cutting me, you know. But just, I just, just didn't feel anything. And that takes God to be able to put in something. That's, those, those are good moments, but those are not all the moments. That man said that much for 15 minutes that day, I didn't flinch. There are days, just a look that may not make me sleep. That's human. Amen. Not even a comment, just a look. Sometimes it's a handshake. You didn't shake family enough. Have I done anything wrong? Or you shook, you are nearly breaking my hand. Are you after something? Finally, before we start making some declarations, hallelujah, we shall be free from human bondage. Uh, we shall be free. You are crafted by God. That's another statement. It's the third and final one. You are crafted by God. Don't let any human being recreate you with their opinion. If you want to memorize any of the words, you can rephrase it in your own way. Please memorize that one. You are crafted by God. Don't let any person refashion or recreate you by their own opinion. Amen? Don't allow it. Don't allow parents. Don't allow spouse. Don't allow children. Don't allow pastors. Don't allow evangelists. Don't allow anybody to make what you are not out of you. Amen? 
And that brings me to the point that no matter what, we all may have similar problems, but usually we have different solutions to the same problem. And that is why it is good to have groups in which we do things together. It is incumbent upon you to find out the way out that God wants to use for you. It sounds okay, and I think it might be a little bit lazy to just say, because somebody prays his or her way out of trouble, I will praise my way out of trouble. It might not work like that for you. You have been crafted by God specifically, and he knows exactly what you need to do. Because somebody fasted their way out of problem, you can fast until you become bones alone. If God does not want to use that, he will not use it. Amen. Amen. Be very careful. There are no shortcuts. The last time I checked, I found out that the books of 21 steps, 7 steps, 15 steps, they are getting less in the market. Because as good as they were, people started finding out that I repeated the 15 steps. Nothing has happened to me. There are no common solutions to common problems. Solutions are individualized. And believe you me, whether you work in the engineering sector, all wells may be the same. There are things you need to tweak to drop in that drill into it. Am I talking good engineering here? Thank you, sir, for helping me. That man is affirming me. Any job in your place? <laughs> Everybody may be given the same medication, but we are always aware that the dosage for one might need to be a little bit up more than the others. You ask one to stop after seven days. You say, in this case, I had to speak concerning a particular colleague of mine. He was being placed on trip. Thank God he called me. And he just found that the problem wasn't going. It's not the right thing to do. Telephone consultation is not the best. But in the current NHS situation we are, we might have to depend on that. So I had to send him back to his doctor. Taught him how to say it gently. Because doctor, they can be, you know what I mean. So I taught him how to say it nicely. And to tell him that it looks like that infection has not gone. Taught him in a very nice way. And the thing was, immediately came out from the surgery, called me, he said, the man has given me another two weeks. I said, uh-huh. And after a few days, he told me the result has started coming out. What am I driving at? The same medication, but different ways to be applied to individuals. Amen. Amen. I beg of you, find out how God wants to deal with your own situation, particularly. Amen. It might be a little bit lazy to just say, I will lift what has been done in that way and lift it to my life. It doesn't work like that. God created you. He fashioned you. He knows you. And he knows the way out for you. And he will do it in Jesus' name. Got a few Bible verses here, but we need to pray now. Hallelujah. And what shall we pray about? I mentioned spiritual detoxification. Whatever, as, and I will pray it as much as, it's going to be Bible verses we will use, amen? And then we make one declaration and that will be okay. By the grace, grace of God, we shall be free from human opinion. Amen. Anyone that does not like the way you are looking, tough. Anyone that does not like, yeah, I'm, I'm not asking you to be, you know, unyielding and incorrigible. I'm only saying that there needs to be time when you draw a line. 
And people constantly goes on, goes on, goes on, goes on. Look, you say, look, I'm on a journey with God. And it will get me there. Will you be corrected? You better allow yourself to be corrected. But more importantly, know the tangible of God for your life. And that's why the best of counselors, we don't impose anything on anyone. Because we are very human, and we know. You, if you're a good counselor, you know how human you are. Jesus Christ always gives people, have you noticed that Jesus always gives people the liberty to choose? Democracy is not a 20th century issue. He always said, he said, three people want to follow him. I said, well, this is my advice. And when they don't follow, what happens? Bye-bye. And so anyone that wants to help you and wants to take your individuality away is not helping you. If anybody can say, and you don't need to curse the person. If anybody say, I don't take your advice, I don't lose any sleep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But today I believe God will remove all those things that may be working against us in our lives. And we shall enter into a new realm of freedom in Jesus' name. You will rise up with me. And then we take a few, few Bible verses. Let's pray them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's our topic today? Only three people were in the house. Freedom from human opinion. So why did I ask you that? So that you can feed that into these prayer points we shall be dictating. Please, if you may put Romans 8 verses 1 and 2 on the screen. And then we'll spend about 30 seconds on that. Thank you, Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Have you been condemned before? No more condemnation for you. Amen. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Anyone that is born of the spirit, that's how the Bible calls us that we are born again. He said we are born of the spirit. They call it the spiritual birth. So you are no longer under condemnation if you have been born of the spirit. If you are not been born of the spirit, you can be today. I won't make an altar call, but wherever you are, just say, Lord Jesus, help me. I want to be born of the Spirit. Once you've done that, ask Joshua for a sleep because I will love to pray personally for you after here. Your seriousness depends on you making that move yourself to go to the ushers and say, give me your sleep. And you feel it and they will pass it on to me. And I promise I will keep praying for you. Possibly you get a phone call for me, from me concerning the decision you have made. So if we, give you, if we give you just a few moments and you are making that decision in your heart, you can join us to declare this confidently. That there is now no condemnation to me because I am in Christ Jesus. I don't walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Do you receive that to your life? Do you receive that to your life? Uh, don't, don't let's be too predictable. You are expecting me to dictate it. No. I will say it, you will take it in. Are you ready? It don't let it be too predictable. I read the text again. There is now, now, no condemnation to those who are in. And I repeat and I say to you, there is therefore no condemnation to you. Because you are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Parental condemnation, ancestral condemnation, peer condemnation, no more condemnation. 
you are free from condemnation. In the name of Jesus. Numbers chapter 13 verse 30. Numbers 13 verse 30. We started praying. Amen. We called out. You are agreeing with me as I'm praying for you. But I'm also praying into your intellect. So it's a conscious decision you are making. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to. We are well able to. And you are well able to. You are well able to. As Caleb overcame because he made that confession and 40 years after he has been conquering, he still wanted to conquer more. I say about you as well, you are well able to. You are well able because in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, that's the next one. Pay attention. Remember, we talk about the words of men, opinions of men. And this was the case here already. Because those words that sank in before, I'm sending in words that we can't harass them. Does that make sense now? But I need your cooperation. Will you cooperate? Will you open your heart and receive those words into your heart? So that you, go, rather than go back home and think of those hurting words, you will remember that I am well able to... That's what you will remember. And you will also remember that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Will you remember that? So that we nullify and detoxicate the original evil word that may have been raging in your life. Because I know you will say that together with me once you go. I can. So they said, you have not made progress. You won't make progress. You can make progress. You will make progress. Your children, they've said that they'll be behind. Your spouse, they said they're behind. Or whoever, your loved ones, your parents. I say today, they can do all things through Christ who gives strength. And let that word sink in. It's not pastor's word. It's the word of God. And it's more powerful than the word of men. In Hebrews 13 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Have you been threatened at work? Have you been threatened in your neighborhood? Have you been threatened in your family? Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord is your helper. Amen. And you will not fear. Amen. And you'll be able to say, what can human beings do to me anyway? What can they do? If the Lord is your helper, you are more than a conqueror. Amen. And irrespective of the facts, the truth of the matter is that whatever the facts say is that it's impossible, there's still something that is supra-fast, supra-factual. That is miracle. God is able to turn it around. Amen. Psalm 18 verse 39. Is somebody taking something in? Ponder over them. Meditate over them. 
For you are harming with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have harmed me with strength for the battle. Can you, can you say that double whammy for the enemy? You are hand for the battle. Then, are you still going to fight the battle at all? Why? They already subdued. Can't you see the word of God is sweet? You have been armed for battle, so it's only for decoration. That's why they call you more than conqueror. So you are coming back as if you have fought a battle when you have fought nothing. And people start celebrating you. They say, how did you do it? You say, oh, you know, it was a tough battle. <laughs> and it was a tough battle because the Lord fought it and won it for you. It was a tough battle because that's what it was on the cross. It was tough on the cross. You have had me with strength for the battle. Yet, you have, I prefer yet rather than you. Yet, you have subdued under me those who rose up against me. Have you taken that in this afternoon? I say to you, the Lord has harmed you with strength for the battle. I say to you, the Lord has subdued under you those who rise up or will rise up against you. And they shall be permanently under your feet in the name of Jesus. Including your own self. Because for every believer, you are, we are, you know, that's a dichotomy of human nature. The old self, the old man and the new you. And the Bible said the old self continued to fight against you. That was why last week's message was very profound and beautiful. But there's another dimension unto you. So when we talk of the enemy, the enemy is not always without. It could be the enemy within. So when we talk to the enemy, they say they talk enemy, enemy, enemy in that church. Where they talk enemy, enemy, because enemy is everywhere, inside and outside. And it's not your mother-in-law. Now, nah, this mother-in-law, they get a lot of passes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Let's do one declaration together, and then we go home. Will you remember this word? May the Lord help you. Will you please lift your right hand to the heavens, and let's do what I can call a typical declaration, I declare in the name of Jesus that every negative word that has settled in my heart shall be flushed out by the blood of Jesus. You want to take that one more time so I can sink in? I declare in the name of Jesus that every negative word that has settled in my heart shall be flushed out by the blood of Jesus. I've not typed it. Anybody can repeat it? Try. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> all right, if you all can do it without me saying it. One, two, go. I declare in the name of Jesus that every negative word, yes, yes, shall be, yeah. And you say, with your right hand still lifted and say, in place of fear, I receive faith, no more limitation, no more retardation, only grace to move forward and do exploits shall be my portion in the name of Jesus. The promise of God for my life shall be fulfilled in Jesus' name. I won't ask you to repeat that one. It's long. So we say it together finally one more time. In place of fear, I receive faith. No more limitation. 
No more retardation. Only grace to move forward and do exploits shall be my portion. In Jesus' name. Say this one very loud and say, The promise of God for my life shall be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. So shall it be in Jesus' name. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. Every word raging against you, they are cancelled in the name of Jesus. Every poison in our systems are flushed out in the name of Jesus. We are free to be who God has created us to be. The original crafting of God shall show forth right now. In your business, in your career, in your fruitfulness, in your spiritual life, in your health. The original plan of God shall show forth. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And I declare over you one more time. Every negative word that I said to your heart shall be flushed out. Now. Now. There's somebody here. You have come out from that oppression. And the person is not troubling you anymore. But there's a lingering effect. That even when you have the best of circumstances, you still fear this will go wrong. Because that bad experience has put so much a stain, so much a mark in your heart. But today, the blood that washes whiter than the best of fuller soap, as the Old Testament, Old, Old King James Version, we call it, that blood flushes every stain from your life in the name of Jesus. That particular person received that word now. You face circumstances, you will be fearful no more. You will just walk through them. You just walk through them. There's a person you are saying in your heart, Lord, how long will it take? I've waited for so long. I'm so tired now. The Lord asked me to tell you, I know you are tired. And I have the one that I've been carrying you. But this is your now. This is your now. Some of you, you need to watch the next two weeks specifically. There's someone here, next one week, it's going to be very, very pivotal. It's going to be very, very important in your life. Watch carefully. Because the Lord will visit you. Three ways the Lord is saying you may be tempted to miss out. Number one, you may be tempted to doubt. You may be tempted to retaliate against someone who the enemy will plant in your life to trouble you. And number three, you may be tempted to now give up on obtaining that blessing. You just say, you know what? Maybe God does not want me to have it. Those three temptations I pray for you right now. The Lord will make a way of escape out of them for you in the name of Jesus. And you will be free. Free you will be. In the name of Jesus. Anyone in that category? And you open your heart right now. I want to pray another prayer for you. Receive strength. Receive strength. Receive strength. Receive strength. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to tell you what's wrong with you. No, no. I'm just saying, I know. The Lord knows that you are tired. He knows you are kind of fed up. 
But today, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Receive that strength right now. Father, we are grateful. I pray, my Father, my God, that beginning from next week, testimonies will begin to come in. And we shall return the glory to you. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Shout hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.